is November 10th of 2022, and welcome once again to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Lannon, a volunteer for Chapter 49, working on communications, and uh, we welcome you to our podcast. Glad you have chosen to join us. If it's the first time, welcome. If, it's, uh, if you're a regular listener, watcher, whatever, Good to have you back. Uh, Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. Uh, So we are welcomed. We want to welcome once again our Chapter 49 president, Duncan Giles. So, Duncan, uh, it is now two days after Election Day for 2022 for the general election, and we still don't know who controls Congress. Yeah, and I don't think that's much of a surprise this year. I thought that it one of those things where we were going to have to wait, and unfortunately, that's what it's showing. Well, I just want to let the people who are watching on on uh, video and a little bit the, for the people on audio that Duncan and I just do not have the best connection today. It's, uh, it's kind of a hit or miss thing on his end as to what kind of connection he has, and today just isn't one of the stronger ones, and who knows why. So if you're listening, you may hear a little cut in every now and then. If you're watching, there may be a mismatch of what you are watching and what you're hearing. Uh, we're doing the best we can to try to, to fix this, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So we want to say one thing, and this was a message that was sent out from our national NTU people. Congratulations to people who are members of NTEU because they organized, they encouraged others to vote, and they got out to the polls and they voted in very big numbers. And it's important that people who work for the federal government vote and encourage others to vote because uh, the elections matter when it comes to issues that are very important to us. Yeah, I think it's a huge, huge, I've always been a huge believer in voting. I have not uh, been in the best of health over the last week, nor my awesome girlfriend as well. But we both made it a point uh, Tuesday after work to go vote because we know how important that is. Well, good for you. Glad you did that. And, and glad you're on the mend. You've had some, some health issues, uh, you know, and, and so nothing serious, just enough to slow you down, I guess. And, Bronchitis ain't for sissies. Oh, I've had it more than once. There we go again. Okay, so you see that Duncan is struggling a little bit on this. Okay, so uh, so if he needs to cut his mic, don't worry, it's going to be okay for short periods of time. Let's dig into our issues today. We talked last time about uh, the awards. Uh, We're in awards season now. Awards should be uh, passed out near the end of this month. And uh, uh, tell us what we know about how NTEU chapters, because this is a, an awards program negotiated between the union and the IRS management. When will local chapters know the information that members need to know as far as awards are concerned this time around? Yeah, this is one of those things every year around this time, uh, myself and every chapter leader across the country gets the question, what's the deal on awards? How much are they going to be? What are the cutoffs? And we don't have that information until IRS gives it to us. IRS gives it to National NTEU. National NTEU then compiles it for the chapters. So we can just look at our chapter folks and see who, you know, where their status is. I would anticipate at this point, by the end of next week, that chapters should have this information. 
So if you're wanting it today or, you know, early next week, probably not going to have it. Every chapter handles it differently. I like to send out something to the members saying, hey, I've got the information. If you want to know if you qualify, then just send me an email. And I start answering the emails in order received. Every chapter does it a little bit differently. But, you know, don't don't be upset with your chapter if they don't have the information yet, because we truly don't. We have to wait for it to be broken down. And National NTU does a great job of that for us. It really helps so we can get you the information as soon as possible. And I can see why every chapter would have to do this differently, Duncan, because our chapter, uh, chapter 49 in Indiana, is not one of the larger chapters, but you get into a bigger chapter and they want to get this information out. But logistically, this, this can be complicated. It's a huge, it can be a huge issue. The top 55% uh, of your pool are the ones who get the awards. And so if you're in a service center or something similar to that or a large call site or a place that has, you know, hundreds of revenue agents or officers, things of that nature, it can be a very daunting task. So please bear with your chapters if you're looking for that information. We want to give you that information. That's one of my favorite things to do every year is tell people, hey, you're going to get this much money before taxes. I love doing that. That's fun for me because this is something that, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, NTU, you wouldn't get these awards. This is not something out of the goodness of management's heart. They're giving it to you. This was negotiated many years ago. We keep tweaking it. We keep improving it. As a example, this year, it'll be 2% of the pools. So again, it should be like in the past year or so, large awards. And that's what we want. Because you guys bust your butt out there, and we want to make sure that you get rewarded for it. And it should be noted that uh, NTEU at the national level has uh, tried to preserve this program in its best form possible and has gone to arbitration in more than one situation to make sure that, number one, we have a good agreement, number two, that the management actually is, is uh, conducting this program in the correct way. Very much so, because this is not an easy program to administer or understand. I like to say that I don't know anything about nuclear physics. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I do understand the uh, awards program. So, you know, and, and there are a lot of people out there who just don't because of the complexities. But it's something that is, again, it is complex, but it's very good for employees. And it's about as fair as we can make it. And we want to ensure that it stays that way. So again, uh, we are recording this on November 10th. It will be the week after November 10th uh, that uh, Duncan and his cohorts uh, throughout the country will actually have uh, uh, good data on, number one, who does and does not receive awards this cycle, and if you do receive award an award, how much will it be? So people have already made their elections as to whether they want time off awards. Is that correct? Absolutely. You do that when you are, um, when you're basically every year, you, when you're getting your, uh, appraisal, if you decide whether you want a time off award or a monetary award, that's something that we always have to check because inevitably it'll get entered into wrong for at least a few people, uh, in every chapter, I would imagine, depending upon how large a chapter is, could be many more where somebody had elected 
time off and they got money or vice versa. And it's um, not fun to get corrected. Let's put it that way. So we try and uh, eliminate those issues as much as possible up front. And then we'll, you know, if we have to take care of them in the back end, we do, but that causes a uh, great delay. And like somebody wants time off and they get money, okay, you're going to have to hold on to that money because you're going to have to pay that all back. Okay, so uh, bottom line is, if you're in Indiana, any questions, contact Duncan. Duncan will let uh, the membership in Indiana know when he has the information sometime late next week and uh, communicate with your own chapter wherever you may be watching or listening if you work for IRS uh, for more information on this. So it's always good news when the awards come out. And it has gone from 1% to 2%, which is, I think, what it was last year. So... uh, the numbers of as far as the amount people will receive money wise or time off uh, compensation wise went up last year and you should still be at that level this year, correct? Exactly so. Exactly so. And that's that's one of those things about having a decent budget and you know, IRS recognizes as well as NTU that they want to reward their good employees. They want to reward all their employees, but especially the ones that are the higher performers in the top fifty five percent. So it's in their own self-interest to make sure that the awards are a decent amount. Let's move on to health care and health insurance. Uh, We are heading into open season now. And during the open season where you can make changes in your health insurance program that you have through the federal government, whether you're an employee or a retiree, this would apply to you. Uh, NTEU to its members, be they retired or active duty members, uh, NTU offers something that you would have to pay for had you were you not a, a member, and that's something called the consumer checkbook. So for those maybe who it's been a year they've forgotten or just have never used it, t- talk about the consumer checkbook that will be available next week for our members, what it means and how to use it. Right. Open season, as you said, kicks off next week. The consumer checkbook is an invaluable guide to compare apples to apples, oranges to oranges in your healthcare plans. And that's what you want to do is you take a look at, okay, how much is the premium? It's not just the premium. How much are the deductibles? How much are the prescriptions? How much are the co-pays? You want to weigh all of these factors to figure out what's going to be the best option for you and your family if, if that's the case. And the consumer checkbook really helps out in that manner that you can make those comparisons and save yourself some money with these, you know, inflationary times you want to, you know, don't go with the old, Oh, well, I've always had this insurance and I don't want to change it. You know, a lot of doctor's offices uh, will accept a lot of these insurances that are on um, the FEHB program and the consumer checkbook will help you figure out which one is best. Then all you got to do is contact your doctor's office and go, hey, do you accept this insurance? And find out, you know, what the network is, what you're out of network, that sort of thing. But you really, you know, it's a great, great tool for making these comparisons to figure out what's best for you and your family. Uh, Very well explained there, Duncan, as far as how that all works. And I think that we should mention something else here. And, And people need to know this if they go to the OPM site just to look at all the different health plans or use the consumer checkbook, either one or both, is that there are really two kinds of insurance programs. One would be the national 
programs. Blue Cross Blue Shield would be one example, GIHA. There are many others where anybody in the nation uh, who's a federal employee or retiree eligible for this can sign on to that. Then you have local programs. I think they're called, you know, what the various different things. But there are some plans that only apply in your local area. So if you if you just look at all the entire list, be careful because you can't sign on to a list uh, of local providers in California if you live in Indiana or Ohio. Exactly so. And, and again, that's why you need to do some research on this uh, because of the fact that it, it's, you know, like I say, it's something that can really save you some money. And God forbid you do have something catastrophic happen. It can really save you some money. So you want to make sure that you understand which plan is best for you, which plan works in your locality or, in, or nationally. And some of them will surprise you. You know, there are things that IRS employees can get, um, you know, that apply to postal workers. You know, you wouldn't think you'd be able to do that, but yeah, because you're covered and it's a national plan, you can do those types of things. And it takes a little bit of research, but it's not that difficult. And again, it's just something you want to do for the uh, best interest of yourself and your family to put more money back in your pocket. Yeah, and sometimes you have to like, uh, to be eligible for those like for postal programs, you have to become a member of a uh, non-official member of an association or something. But this is where the consumer checkbook really helps you because it tells you what all these uh, side issues might be and it really does a, a good job of explaining what all this will will mean for you. So we do encourage you to use it if you're a member. Uh, if you are unsure how to get to it or how to use it, talk, talk to your local chapter in Indiana. Talk to Duncan Giles or any of the stewards that uh, he has here in the state of Indiana. Anything more on uh, on open season per se? Well, I do want to touch on what you just said because it's an excellent example. You know, the, the postal, you know, some of the things like the postal uh, unions, things of that nature. Yeah, it might cost you $48 a year to join to be a member. But if that can save you a hundred dollars a pay period to uh, in premiums, where you're getting the same coverage as you might have with an old standby, then that's definitely something you want to weigh in your decision. And again, put you know, small term small pain, large term gain. Yeah, and something related to this whole healthcare issue is that, is that NTEU, again, when we negotiate contracts, we do the best we can to give uh, employees every opportunity to take advantage of researching something like your healthcare plan. It's just so important to you and your family. If you look at Article 36 in your contract, if you're the geeky types of people who like to read the contract, there is a provision under Article 36 which says that IRS employees will receive up to four hours of administrative time every year to either go to a health fair, if there's one available where you happen to, to be stationed, uh, or you can simply have that four hours to review the health care plan options that you have, and you can take that time to use the uh, consumer checkbook if you want, or just do it on your own. But there is time on the clock available to you to do this research, and that's... That's an indication that the management at the urging of NTEU realizes just what an important decision this is for people who work for the agency. Yeah, this is a long-standing provision 
in the contracts that you do get up to four hours and it doesn't matter whether you're in a service center, on the phones, a revenue agent, officer, in TAS, doesn't matter what division or what position you hold. You get up to four hours to review those. If you're not able to go to a health fair or don't want to turn in, tune into something that is being done by one particular company that you want to review it on your own, you get that time. So you need to contact your management, find out what time works for them during open season, because it's not going to do you any good to get it, you know, this time in December 22nd when open season's gone. You want those that time during open season, contact your management. If your management says, well, we can't give you any administrative time uh, to do this, you know, then contact your local chapter because we'll be more than happy to explain the facts of life to them, that you are entitled to this and you should be able to have it. And I'm sure that the upper level executives want to make sure that the folks who are uh, asking for it get it as well. Yeah, when you have a contract provision like this, and as you mentioned, it's been there for many, many years, it's an acknowledgement by the management that this is a very important. They want their employees to have the best health plan available to them. So, uh, yeah, if there's a local manager who says no, you talk to your chapter and somebody in that management chain will explain, as you said, the facts of life to that local management team that, no, you cannot deny this. You have to schedule it, of course, but that you cannot deny people this this for. And it's better to, to try to get that request in as early as possible so it works out best for anyone. So we've talked a lot about open season in many different ways. Uh, anything you want to add before we move on, Duncan, on that issue? Nope, I think that that's, uh, I think we've covered it pretty well. Uh, we'll probably cover it more as open season continues. But again, any questions you have, contact your local chapter. If you're here in Indiana, feel free to contact myself or any of the stewards. But if you're outside of Indiana, contact your local chapter. They'll be happy to help. Let's move to security. We've talked about that a few times. In a few uh, podcasts ago, we talked about a new program that's that's uh, being rolled out as part of the security, uh, how should I put it, a concentration on security because of all the attacks on IRS and, and, and what we've been seeing Sadly, in a lot of federal agencies, IRS being one of the primary ones, it seems to be a target amongst people who just don't like taxes or just don't like government. Uh, There is this randomized screening program that is going to be coming to a number of buildings. It's a safety measure. Uh, It was rolled out originally and explained to you as kind of a, a test, if you will, to see how this will work. It's just a, a, a more stringent security uh, protocol that you would have around a federal building. Uh, First of all, is anybody in Indiana, as far as you know, involved? And secondly, for those who are involved, do you know what what this will mean for employees working in these federal buildings? Yeah, what what this is, and different buildings have had this at different times over the years. Um, Here in Indianapolis, in our federal building, uh, we have this off and on. Currently, it's on where they, you know, every so many employees, they pull them out and do a random screening on them just because of the fact that they're concerned about, you know, employees bringing in weapons, things they shouldn't. Um, so it, it shouldn't be new to most employees where they have security in these federal buildings. My issue with this 
is the fact that, yeah, that's great. I understand you want to screen, make sure the employees. The employees are not the main problem. The employees are not. It's the it's the people who are gotten inflamed about the IRS, who are upset with the IRS, who are being told the IRS is evil. Those are the ones who we want to make sure aren't carrying weapons in here. So anything that can be done more stringently to uh, protect the employees, I think we ought to pretty well concentrate on that too. And I've made that very clear to upper execs in the IRS, as I know National NTU has made crystal clear as well. Yeah, and that does sort of bring up an issue that I think a lot of employees have asked, which is why is it that there's a concentration on employees when the real issue appears to be people who are not employees? I mean, obviously employees get security checks, we're checked out on a regular basis. First, uh, stringently when we're hired and uh, occasionally as we uh, continue in our federal uh, career. So I guess that's a legitimate question to ask, why are you concentrating on us? Yeah, that's been, that's been exactly my question. It's like, how many, okay, how many times has an employee brought in a weapon to want to harm other employees? The, uh, that number is minuscule. And now management will say, well, that's, could be because random screening, you know, cuts down on that. Very possible. But that's not where the rhetoric is coming from. That's not where the anger is coming from. It's not coming from employees for the most part, for the very most part. It's coming from outside. And so we need to make sure that we're getting secured as well as possible for our employees. And like I said, National NTU is all over this as well. All right, so I guess the good news here is that the commissioner, who is on his way out, but the commissioner did go along with Tony Reardon, our national president of NTEU, and agreed to once again do security reviews, which have been done occasionally. And every time there's a security review at IRS, all of a sudden things start to change, and the management realizes, ooh, we've got some security holes here. So that is a good thing, that there is a security review going on. So our point is, let's make sure that uh, we don't unusually uh, hurt employees who are just trying to get into their buildings. Let's concentrate on where the real issues are. And and let's say, I mean, it's a, it's always possible an employee can cause a problem. I mean, we're not going to deny that, but it's just not as likely. So uh, I think that's that's what we're saying. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on this and. Uh, you know, if you have any comments uh, that you'd like to make wherever you may be working, living, uh, and you see interesting uh, security issues, certainly you want to bring that to the attention of your chapter. But you can always tell us. We can talk about it here on this podcast. Once again, if uh, you want to communicate with Duncan Giles about anything relating to this podcast, just use our uh, email address, which uh, is 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 true it's it's a general email address not a government one just send it to nteu49 at aol.com and uh, number one duncan will put you on a list to get the uh, links to the audio and video podcast every time we post one and get you on that list but the second thing that you can do is just kind of provide feedback or if you have any suggestions on what duncan and i should talk about and, and you can sort of talk about how you feel uh 
security is in the building where you live. I mean, tell your chapter about it, but tell us as well, and we'll be glad to to talk about it. Anything else on building security, Duncan? Nope, I think that covered it very well, Larry. Thank you. Well, let's move on to to our final comments, and I'm going to make the first final comment this time, and and, uh, this has to do with Veterans Day. We talk about this every year that we've been on this podcast, and I have said many times that uh, you know, um, in my local community, there is a Veterans Day ceremony every year, and I always try to go to it, with very few exceptions, and there's some, you know, something that keeps me from being there that's compelling. Otherwise, I usually go, and I plan on going this year as well. And, and it is a day off for federal employees in honor of those who have served our country in the armed forces. So uh, I guess the question, not the question, but the point I would like to make is that, you know, it is a day off for you, but do something, whatever it might be on Friday of this week, November 11th. And by the way, the history will tell you why is November 11th Veterans Day. That goes all the way back to World War One. It was the 11th hour of the 11th month of the 11th day. That's when the armistice was uh, put into effect for uh, World War One, when this fighting stopped, and and that's why it's it's been memorialized uh, as Veterans Day. So find a way to honor veterans. Put something on social media. If you know somebody, a relative, or somebody living in your neighborhood, just a good friend, just send them a message, say something to them about how much you appreciate their service to the country. Or I think the best thing to do is find a Veterans Day ceremony in your local community. Just about everyone, every place has one close to where you live. And just go for it. Usually it takes no more than an hour to go to something like that. After all, you federal employees do have a day off that day. So uh, it's a special day for veterans, for people who have served their country. And let's, let's do something, even if it's a small thing on this day off that you have on November 11th to honor veterans. That's what I have to say. Duncan, uh, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I want to piggyback on exactly what you said, because, you know, both of our dads were veterans. Uh, My dad uh, served in World War II, shipped over in time to be in the Battle of the Bulge and get overrun um, as a new, new person. But, you know, very much appreciated serving his country. I, you know, I always, when I see someone in uniform, I will go over to them and thank them for their service. Um, you know, and people who have served for, in the armed forces, whether currently or in the past, I always like to tell them that I appreciate their service and thank them for doing so because it's, it's not easy. It's, it's very tough. And, you know, we just had an election yesterday and, you know, these folks are the ones who have protected us for this democracy to continue to work. And so I can't be any more appreciative of them uh, than I am. And I just I think it's very, very important, like you said, to acknowledge them in some way, if not tomorrow. You know, every time you see them, you know, going up to a service member and saying thank you for your service. They do appreciate that. If, if you mean it, and it's heartfelt. They do appreciate it. And it's, it's just a good thing to do to let them know that you're thinking of them and that you're thankful for them being there. Your dad was at the Battle of the Bulge. Was he a prisoner of war? 
No, what happened was his uh, his unit got overrun. He was very new. I mean, literally shipped him out to the Battle of the Bulge. Got there. He was. They were overrun. He spent a couple of days with two guys in a basement, and they could hear German soldiers above them in the house. They hid. They hid in a basement for two days, and they could hear the German soldiers above them in a house after they had been overrun until they got pushed back again. So it was uh, quite the harrowing experience for him. And um, he, but he was like, you know, I I was there. I was defending our country. I was doing what was right. Yeah, it was not fun. It was not a pleasant experience. And he didn't like talking about it. Um, And he got claustrophobia from it for the rest of his life Hmm. because of it. And it's an understandable situation. But literally he was there and, um, you know, doing what he felt needed to be done. And I've always felt that that's just a, uh, you know, a way to honor my father as well, to make sure that I thank these veterans for their service. Yeah. And there was, there was another person from Indianapolis, very famous person who was in the battle of the bulge and ended up as a prisoner of war of the Germans. And that was Kurt Vonnegut and yep. and hearing him tell his story about what happened to him a different story than your dad's but he they were both at the battle of the bulge um you know it just tells you about service and it's interesting that a lot of the particularly world war 2 veterans and others too they don't like to talk about what happened over there they just assume not think about it not even verbalize it so you can understand why uh, they would feel that way because going through war is is it's impossible to understand unless you've been through it, and I don't pretend to. You know, my dad, even though he uh, had a medical discharge uh, from, uh, he was a, considered to be a disabled veteran, uh, he worked for the Defense Department as a civilian the rest of his working life until he retired. So, uh, you know, he had a different way of, of serving after he, he left the mm-hmm. military. So, uh, again, our, Duncan and I are giving you the same message. Enjoy your day off on November 11th. But do something, whatever you think it might be best. It doesn't even have to be a lot. Do something to honor veter- a veteran or veterans in your community, someone you know, someone to whom you're related. And, uh, yeah, just, just do something special. And I think that's uh, the message we want to send. And I, and I think that uh, reflects what uh, NTEU, how we feel as a union, because uh, we posted on our Facebook page, which is uh, NTU Chapter 49, Indiana, on Facebook, uh, that we post uh, the poster that uh, NTU sent out honoring veterans. And we always try to do that in every little way we can. Yeah. So this is something NTU believes in from the top to the bottom. And, uh, and, we, and you know, because of the veterans' preference for hiring in, in federal civilian service, we, I've, I, I've worked with a whole lot of veterans. I know you have, too. And and uh, when they chose to talk about their service, it was fascinating to listen to their stories. It absolutely is, and it just makes you proud to uh, to work with folks like that that have chosen to, you know, there was a draft, and now this is voluntary, and they've chosen to serve their country in this way and then come to work for the federal government like your dad and serve it in a totally different way. You just heard Duncan Giles, chapter president for NTEU, chapter 49, representing employees from the Internal Revenue Service working in the state of Indiana, at least most of the employees in Indiana. So we thank you again for watching and listening. Duncan and I continue to do this podcast. We've done it for more than two and a half years because you have let us know 
that you enjoy listening and watching. We appreciate you hanging in there if you're watching. Our connection was not the best. It was okay on audio. If you're watching the video, things didn't look quite right. We just do the best we can to get the best connection. Just doesn't always work out that way. So if all goes well, Duncan and I will be back for another podcast next week. So in the meantime, please be safe and be kind.